Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to worship. Today is the second Saturday of July, July 8th, 2023. Greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Milson Black. Welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve treasured, targeted individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with us. Your presence is very important to us, and thank you for coming. We pray that something that is said or done today will encourage you. Draw near to God and God will draw near to you, according to Jeremiah 4, 8. Humble yourselves before the Lord and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your favor, waking, making a way even when we don't see it. Our serving team today is Brother Bob Pierce, our Zoom moderator, Sister Sharon Taylor, will serve as our minister of music. She will also offer the altar prayer. Pastor Millicent will deliver the preached word. Sister Greta Ayers will offer the invitation to discipleship. And I, Carolyn Cunningham, will serve as your worship leader. We ask all of you on this call to pray in your daily prayers for Refuge from the Storm Church members, the Worldwide Church our families and friends, PIs around the world, advocacy and activist groups, the loved ones of those who died from targeting. Also pray for all government officials to be moved by the Holy Spirit to discern the will of God, to do it and not do their will. Please pray for world peace, all refugees, the worldwide climate crisis, and especially for the Haitian and Sudanese people who are suffering greatly. Pray for all victims of gun violence, stabbings, and all violence, and their families. Pray for all children, especially those being trafficked, those who have been kidnapped, and pray for PIs who have had their children unjustly taken away by an unjust court system. Pray also for the unhoused those who are targeted, as well as those who are not, so that they can obtain housing that will, where they will have peace for the targeted without satanic frequencies harming them. Thank you for your attention. Now let us listen to our opening praise and worship song. After that, I will return with the scripture for today and prayer. Amen. So truly we came to worship this afternoon and to acknowledge to God all the many wonderful things, wonderful attributes that he is to us and he gives to us. Good afternoon. 
I give honor to the Holy and the Blessed Trinity. I also thank God for another opportunity to share with you on this. It's raining here in Tennessee, you all. Just started pouring down. But this is a day, the day that the Lord has made and I'm still rejoicing and I'm glad in it. I never want to miss an opportunity to acknowledge the ministry team who serve in multiple roles in this church. Many of them take on multiple assignments to help the ministries to run smoothly. I appreciate each of you for all that you do. Now our advisory board helps us to take care of the business of the church and for their service, we are also grateful. To God be the glory that we live all across the United States from California to Maryland and Washington State to Tennessee, to Ohio, Texas, to Georgia. And you all live around these United States as well and even into Canada and other countries. We are proud to announce that we had more than 1000 visitors worldwide to our website during the month of May. I don't think we've yet uh, received the June statistics, but we'll get those early next week. God allows us to offer you services each week through Zoom, a conference call, and also a website. For on our website, you'll find some prayers, you'll find some suggestions for devotionals. You'll maybe appointed to a, a worship song or two. We pray that you will also find our website encouraging. There's also an opportunity for giving on our website as well as an option to ask for prayer if that is necessary. But we thank God for every avenue by which he allows us to minister to you and to others. Our scripture this afternoon is being taken from the book of, Ele of uh, Acts. Uh, last Saturday, we uh, brought the word from Acts chapter 10, where Peter was sent to take the good news of the gospel to Cornelius and his household. Cornelius was a Gentile and the word told us that as Peter was talking, God decided to send the Holy Spirit upon them and they all began to speak in other tongues as a sign of God's approval for them to be a part of the family of God. And so today we're gonna continue some of what happened after the Gentiles began to become part of the church. From the book of Acts chapter 11, I'm gonna be skipping through you all. I've got three places I'm gonna stop. So the first verse I'll be reading, and the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Then verses 19 through 22, now they were, they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. 
Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch. And then verses 26 and 27, the last two verses in this chapter. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians, first in Antioch. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto the church. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks and praise and glory and honor, oh God, for another opportunity to share from your word of God. Father, I pray that you would open up the eyes of our understanding, Lord. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Help us, oh God, to receive the word with gladness and to go about carrying out the assignments that you have placed upon us individually and collectively as believers in Jesus Christ. Father, we pray today for the world that the world might be saved through the good news of the gospel of Jesus the Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I have chosen for a title for the message this afternoon from verse 26. And it said, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. The title, they were called Christians. Easton's Bible Dictionary defines a Christian as the name given by the Greeks or Romans, probably in reproach to the followers of Jesus. It was first used at Antioch, but as distinguishing them from the multitude without, the name Christian came into use and was universally accepted. So you see the first use of the name Christian was one assigned to those who it seems the Greeks and, and the Romans felt were, they, they considered the Christians to be a bother to them. They were nuisance, if you will. They kept talking about that man, Jesus. And probably like today, many of them would, were wishing that they would just go away. I think we may have all had some of those situations with various different religious uh, religions that are other than our own, but God knew exactly what he was doing. The term Christian was given to everyone who became a believer in Jesus Christ after his ascension and the arrival of the Holy Spirit. The Eastern Bible Dictionary refers to the other names that the disciples called themselves like brethren, the faithful, saints, or believers. The early Jewish Christians referred to each other as followers of the way, as a way of identifying each other during the great persecution that arose at the hands of the Jews at Rome once the Jews and Gentiles began to believe in the completed work of Jesus Christ and churches began to spring up. And it was, the name, the way was so important to the Christians because they couldn't even speak the words. They would 
the word Jesus or Christ. But instead, when they walked upon one another, they would just bend over and walk and write and draw a fish in the sand. Hish, you see sometimes as bumper stickers, uh, as magnets that people stick on their cars, the sign of a fish. And that's an indication of one who follows the way of Jesus Christ. As we continue the sermon series, The Man in the Middle, we find ourselves in chapter 11 of the book of Acts and the man in the middle this day is the Holy Spirit sent on assignment by Jesus to empower the church to witness. Last week, Peter is sent to Joppa to share the gospel with Cornelius and his household. The Bible says that as Peter was speaking the good news, the spirit fell on Cornelius and his household and everyone spoke with tongues, just like at the upper room on the day of Pentecost. The significant truth about this current infilling of the Holy Spirit of God is that Cornelius and his family were Gentiles. This act of God became the first event that showed inclusion of the Gentiles into the family of God. I have listed some of the acts of the apostles and others after the Holy Spirit began to work with them and through them to build the church that Jesus said would not be defeated by the gates of hell. In Acts chapter three, we find the lame man being healed. In Acts chapter four, Peter and John had to defend their actions of praying for that man and how he came to be healed as they were performing miracles in the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter five, Ananias and Sapphira, you all will remember this couple, man and wife instructed to sell their belongings or sell their land and bring them proceeds to the church. And they lied to the church and one by one, they fell dead. I could see that the Holy Spirit left them. And you all know that a body without the spirit is dead. Then in Acts chapter six and seven, the seven deacons were, arre uh, were arrested and there was the stoning of Stephen. So the persecution was, was rearing up and those who were followers of Christ and sharing the good news of the gospel began to experience opposition to this man called Christ. Acts chapter eight was the scattering of the church. The more the persecution increased, the more the people scattered, they moved about, they uh, began to take cover. So we're told that Philip was in Samaria and Peter and John traveled to other areas also. Then in Acts chapter nine, Saul's conversion on the road of Damascus was a great conversion story as Saul the, um, from the tribe of Benjamin was busy persecuting the church, believing that he was doing Christ a favor, doing God a favor because they were not supposed to be following the way. However, Paul got arrested by Jesus himself on the road to Damascus and his great conversion ended in him becoming a great apostle of the church. In the last part of Acts, Saul's first visit was to Jerusalem. There he stayed 15 days. Then he went to Tarsus, which was his hometown. Saul preaches in Syria and in Cilicia. Then Acts chapter 10, Peter preaches to Cornelius, his household in Caesarea. You see how God is just 
beginning to use the Holy Spirit to represent the power of God in the earth, just like Jesus had promised to those he sent to the upper room to wait for his arrival. And so Cornelius's family and his household became the, the first believers to be converted. In Acts 11, 22 through 26, where we are today, Barnabas goes to Antioch. When the church at Antioch was established, the people decided they needed some people to linger with them a while to teach them of the way and to help them to grow and to mature as Christians. And so they sent for an apostle named Barnabas. I read in my uh, study Bible last night that Barnabas was considered to be a great mentor of the believers in the church. And so Barnabas gets Saul from Tarsus and together they spend a year in Antioch. And Acts 11, the last three verses, Agabus prophesies of famine and aid is sent to Jerusalem with Barnabas and Saul. So then we see here, we see the church standing up and reacting to the need of their brothers and sisters in another part of Asia Minor. The activities that were just described are considered actions of the spirit-filled believers in Jesus Christ. Not only did the apostles perform acts of miracles and service to the church that first started in Jerusalem, but all of the believers began to act like, like blood sisters and brothers and offered one to the other, offered help one to the other. What made them blood sisters and brothers was the blood of Jesus. We all came into the family by the blood. They shared food, resources of all kinds, especially after Ananias and Sapphira fell dead by the Holy Spirit. Nobody else wanted to go through that uh, event and nobody ever forgot it. We can trace their movement just as God had instructed throughout Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the world. Peter was sent to Joppa while other disciples or apostles, including Paul, were sent to other parts of Asia Minor until the entire region had an opportunity to hear the gospel and believe. I believe that this is significant as we are reminded of the will of God that the world would be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. I ask God to help you to see yourself fitting into the plan of God to share the good news of Jesus Christ that all may be saved. Now, I want y'all to understand that I realize that I'm using some phrases week after week, some references I keep using over and over again. It's not because I'm getting dementia. It's because it's necessary for us to get the message. We are on assignment. In spite of our torture and our terrorization, in spite of our suffering, we are still on assignment. God hasn't lifted the mandate just because man has decided to make it difficult. He wants us to see and understand that it's hard for everybody, but it didn't just start. Satan's tricks was going on in the days of the early church. The very first church started and it wasn't long before the Christians were being persecuted. Now here we are more than 2000 years later, some say 6,000, however many years later it is, the, the plans of the devil hasn't changed. 
In fact, they're becoming more and more prolific. They're more and more in our faces. He's more and more challenging us to be the Christian, to be the church that God has, that Jesus said could not be defeated by the devil or by the gates of hell. You see, it wasn't just the news of Jesus that was needed to compel men and women to come to Christ. It was the camaraderie of the church community that drew them in. It was the sharing of the resources of those that had with those who had not. It was the realization that everyone was suffering if they dared to confess Jesus and the apostles did die for their witness. As I focus on verses 26b and 27, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Antioch today is a Turkish city with a population of about 3,500 people, which is about the size of my hometown here in Tennessee. My research tells me that the name Christian was actually given to this growing body of believers by the Gentiles. But know that God knew how he would grow the numbers to include the world, the whole world. None were to be left out. In fact, Jesus said not until the word is spread throughout the world would he be allowed to come back. And even he didn't know the day or the hour. Today, the global body of more than 2 billion Christians is separated into thousands of denominations. Pentecostal, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Baptist, Apostolic, Methodist, on and on the list goes. Estimations show there are more than 200 Christian denominations in the United States alone and a staggering 45,000 denominations globally, according to the Center for the Study of Global Christianity. So can't you understand why there are there's a global plan to destroy humanity. It's because there's a global set of Christians all around the world. And the enemy doesn't think to leave any of us out, but God did not expect that any of us would not be included in his family. And so there is a plan. You'll recall the message a uh, week before last, I believe, you can't have my way out. Our way out is Jesus Christ. And no, we aren't giving it up. We aren't going to let it go. We're holding on and fighting for our way out of this world. In today's life, what does it mean to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, one in whom the spirit of the living God resides, the temple, if you will? What are the requirements to become a Christian? Now, the requirement to be saved, and, and I had this the perpetrator that remote neural monitors me argue with me as I was at this portion of the sermon. But confessing the Jesus and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead are the requirements for salvation. The next part of becoming a Christian is water baptism. As we are imitating Jesus by going down under the water as a, a form of a symbol of, bapti of baptism, but it's actually a symbol of burial. And then we're told we're raised out of the water 
to walk in the newness of life that the old man died and was buried. And when we got up, like Jesus got up, the spirit was in us and we were ready to walk and do the will of the father. And then there's the Holy Communion, which Jesus said to the disciples at the last supper, as often as you do this, you are remembering the Lord's death until he comes. These two actions are called ordinances of the church. Now, why am I telling y'all this? If you're here in the service, more than likely you already know these things. God wants you to be reminded because he's expecting you to tell somebody else. He's expecting you to lead someone to Christ that maybe is even in the treasured targeted community. You have to understand that we're not in, in this place by accident. God intended for us to be where we are today, as gruesome and as painful sometimes as it is. God made the decision who was going to be where on July the 7th, 2023. But he also have assignments for each of us to go to walk into, to go out into the world and to accomplish, whether it's in the world of the targeted community or in the world of those who are misguided, misdirected, and pulled into error by the devil. Another requirement of being a Christian is to learn of Jesus as instructed by the Holy Spirit, the Bible and Bible teachers who will point you to God and teach. The Holy Spirit is the one who will teach you all things. And then there is the task of making disciples. That's telling others about salvation through faith in Christ alone and then helping them to learn and understand the Bible by the instruction and the in inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I've named the spiritual side of being a Christian, but what does it mean to you to be a Christian? To Mahatma Gandhi, and I told some of his story last week, a Nobel Peace Prize winner from India, it would have meant him leaving the Hindu faith and placing his faith in Jesus Christ. Gandhi had begun to read the Bible during his devotional time. He was intrigued with Christianity and decided to become a Christian. The story of his rejection by a Christian is told how one Sunday morning, Gandhi decided to visit a Christian church in Calcutta. So he was still in India. This is among his own people in his own country. When he came to the door of the sanctuary, it says that an usher stopped him. He was told that he would not be permitted to attend that church because that church was for the high caste Indians and whites only. It was this rejection that turned Gandhi away from Christianity. His remarks appeared in an article written by an unnamed author. And he said, I liked your Christ, but not your Christianity. He went on to say that the Christians wanted wealth and prosperity more than life, liberty, and happiness of others. This is an indictment to the church because these words ring true even today. But God still wants the world to be saved. He wants those called Christians to participate in sharing the good news of the gospel and welcoming all who would be saved. And what does being a Christian mean to you? I ask the question again. You might say that I read my Bible, I pray, I live a good life, and I don't bother anybody. I've had people say these things to me. 
I've heard we had one woman tell me that's why she doesn't, she really doesn't trust people. She's a targeted, treasured individual. And because of her lack of trust, the perpetrators have convinced her that it's okay to stay isolated away from them Christians. She, you know, sometimes they may become one. But is that all that it takes to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Have you prayed for anyone lately? Did you share food and water, clothing or shelter during this last week or this last month or during this year? The thing that stands out about chapters 10 and 11 of the book of Acts and throughout the entire book is that the story of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus is told over and over. As the disciples and the apostles followed the instructions of Jesus, the Holy Spirit filled them more for service, to pray for the sick, and he gave them boldness to witness more and more. I spoke with another treasured targeted individual just this morning, and as she often does, I was given an update on the homeless community that she, her husband, and a few other of their church members minister to. I was with them once this year when they carried five gallon bottles of water into the camp. And it was like five, five gallon bottles of water that they drew from their home. Her husband carried them in his arms into the camp that these people would have water with which to bathe and to drink. And these were people of all ages. They essentially had no income and no place to live but they lived in this camp outside of town. My friends took food and even purchased some tents that the elderly and the weaker of this group would have covered from the rain and the sun. The most unusual act of service that I observed from this couple is that they even began to minister to the needs of the animals. They have paid for veterinarian care for the animals of these homeless people who could not feed themselves let alone the animals, but they brought them comfort and to some was all the family that they had. That's what it means to be a Christian. There were many more acts of those called Christian after the Holy Spirit came to empower them in the, that day in the upper room. Paul, once a persecutor of the church named Saul, is saved and becomes the writer of two thirds of the New Testament, ministering to the churches in significantly wicked cities while in prison for the sake of the gospel. Many of the disciples met with their death while they defended their faith. Still, they were called Christians. Church, we have a ways to go to live up to the name Christian. If we would follow Jesus, we must tell about that Jesus about that about Jesus's love and then we must show them the love of Jesus in action the words to the song who's going to tell them written by pastor Marvin Winans of Detroit Michigan caught my ears sometimes last year it was a, the first time I'd ever heard it amazingly but it struck my heart he said he wrote the song 40 years before 2012 which made it about the 1980s but he asked the question when someone else was mocking at the behavior of some people who probably just needed Jesus. He said, who's going to tell them that Jesus loves them? 
Who's going to tell them there's a better way? Who's going to warn them of the things coming on them so God can turn their night today? And then he started the course by saying, somebody's got to tell them. All the more as we see the perversion of the devil creeping out into the open, more and more people need to hear about Jesus. I have been inundated this last week with the news of the transgender issues and what's happening to the children's bodies and how teachers are keeping word from the parents of, of kindergartners and first graders and second graders who come to school and, and are free to act like another sex. They're even encouraged to act like another gender without their parents' knowledge. But one day y'all, they're gonna wake up and they're gonna need somebody to tell them about Jesus and how to become a Christian. I've heard multiple opinions and multiple ideas about the LBGQT, if I've got that right, uh, issue and, and the abortion issue. And I sometimes take issue with the, with uh, the ACLU's um, support of it only because they are on the opposite end of the plan of God. But they'll still need to become parts of the family of God. And some of them may be. But somebody's got to tell them that Jesus still loves them. As we hear of the agenda of Satan to destroy the lives of children and the church, who's going to tell them about Jesus? I wager this afternoon, and I ask that you'll pray and see God about your part in this end time harvest, because y'all, I'm telling you, God is working up a harvest to be brought in. That you understand the real meaning of what it means to be a Christian. Amen. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.